Well, a few weeks ago, we talked a little basketball with Doug Ormay, who is the play-by-play voice of the Bellarmine Knights in Louisville. And this week, we're going to talk a little more basketball, this time of the high school variety with our special guest. He is Mr. Jeff Hale. Now, Jeff is the long-time, and I do mean long-time, basketball coach of the Henderson County High School Lady Colonels. Now, I'm not saying he's old. No, no, didn't say that at all. But uh, Jeff has quite an impressive resume and an extensive one at that. Lots of high school basketball coaching experience to speak from and to prove that he's been successful. He has recently been inducted into the Kentucky High School Basketball Hall of Fame as recently as August 13th, as a matter of fact. So we'll find out about that induction. We will dive into his coaching career, even his playing days as a youngster in his neighborhood, as well as his time as a Henderson County Colonel in a high school uniform. And we will find out about his kiddos, Stephen and Ryan. Stephen is my age. And uh, they have both gone on to become head coaches themselves and follow in daddy's footsteps. So don't you move a muscle. It's going to be a fun one. So strap yourself in for Blabbit in the Bluegrass, Season 6, Episode 14. Kentucky features so much more than basketball and horses. We're home to scenic spectacles and one-of-a-kind golf courses. If boating, fishing, dining, or music is your pleasure, we'll guide you to the sights and sounds that you will truly treasure. Cause we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide, cause we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste. From Benton to Clinton, Clarkson to Clarksburg, we actively educate ourselves on everything this great commonwealth has to offer. And we have a total blast doing it on a weekly basis right here and only here on Blabbing in the Bluegrass as we explore and celebrate All things Kentucky. How in the world are you? I'm Sam Moore here at the very attractive, yet very affordable, North Quail Motel in beautiful Henderson, KY. And this week's guest is most certainly a legend. Jeff Hale is his name. Henderson County Lady Colonel's basketball coach is his game. Now, Jeff wouldn't admit to being a legend. No, he definitely wouldn't. But that's what's so great about Jeff Hale. He's so humble, yet he's been so successful and thrived in his field for a number of years. Well, 36 to be exact. Yes, you heard me right. 36 years he has been the head coach of the Henderson County High School Basketball Lady Colonels. 19 and 86 is when he first took over the throne, and he has been there ever since. Let me tell you a little bit about this man's resume. Wouldn't want to spoil too much, but I will share this with you. In his 36 seasons thus far, Jeff Hale has 24 district titles to his credit, 18 regional titles, plus... Five times he has appeared in the semifinals 
of the state Sweet 16. In other words, the Final Four. So anytime you're one of the last four teams playing in the state of Kentucky in March, you're doing something right. And five times Coach Hale's teams have been one of those last four remaining. So uh, we'll recap some of his many career highlights, although believe you me, there have been many. If we were to recap all of Coach Hale's career highlights, we would need multiple, multiple shows. But Jeff's a great guy. I had him in class as a high schooler, health to be exact, and it was uh, so much fun. Of course, there is a special spot in my heart for uh, his son, Stephen, too, because he and I are the same age. We went to preschool together and even spent a number of our remaining school years together and uh, graduated, both of us did, in the Henderson County High class of 2006. And like we told you, Stephen and his brother Ryan have both gone on to become high school head coaches themselves, and uh, no doubt they have a bright future ahead of them. We'll talk more about them and their daddy in mere, mere moments, so stick around. But before we get to Jeff, I have another bluegrass brain buster. It's hot off the press, and my goal, what I strive to do, is bring you one of these each and every week. So we'll give you the question now. You can think on it while Jeff and I blab, and we will reveal the answer at the end of the show. This week, I want to know, what is Kentucky's official state animal? The answer very well may surprise you. What is Kentucky's official state animal? Get the wheels spinning, but not too fast. We don't want you missing anything that Jeff has to say. And uh, we will bring you the answer at the conclusion of our conversation. Good luck. Sam Moore proudly presents his Commonwealth Crowd Pleaser. Today's special guest, to say that he's special, would be uh, quite an understatement. He is the uh, head coach of the Henderson County High School Lady Colonels. He has held that spot for uh, 36 years, and uh, he's got 24 district titles to his credit, 18 regional titles, and he has made five appearances in the uh, semifinals of the State Sweet 16. That uh, is also known as the Final Four, so nothing to sneeze at on uh, his resume. Further, he has just been inducted into the uh, Kentucky High School Basketball Hall of Fame. So uh, here to talk with us about uh, his career and uh, some of the many highlights, how he uh, managed to get into coaching and uh, also his Hall of Fame induction. Let's hear it for the man, the myth, the legend, Jeff Hale. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. Thanks for that great introduction there. Well, <laughs> you are uh, more than deserving of that. His son, Stephen, and I go way back. We went to school together, even graduated yes. together. Yep. In, uh, in high school, and I had Jeff in uh, in, in health class. Health class. That's how you, yep. that's how you put the little the little southern twang on it. But uh, yep. anyway, uh, Jeff is retired now from teaching. Has been for uh, six years. You said. I think about six years. I lose track now. Yeah, I know the years <laughs> all kind of yep. run together. Yeah. But um, but anyway, uh, are, are you doing any subbing from time to time or anything like that? I subbed a little bit when we uh, when I first retired, but um, started having grandkids. Steven's got one and Ryan's got one. So oh. uh, me and my wife do a lot of babysitting, watch them a couple of days a week. And uh, my dad's uh, got about 93 now. So I've been taking care of him the last few years also. So 
awesome, we're staying busy and, and we're still coaching and stay pretty busy. So I tell you, between the grandkids and your dad and, and coaching, you've got a, a full schedule, I'd say. And I tell still you, those, <laughs> those grandkids, you've got them wrapped around your finger, I'm sure. How old are yeah. they? I think it's the other way around. But, <laughs> but anyway, uh, they are uh, one's four and getting ready to be five and the other one's three that's always fun now um, oh, tell yeah. us <laughs> tell us how you uh, were first introduced to basketball as a youngster sir and how you uh formed such an attachment to it well you know i introduced you know just you know kind of old school where you know you're sitting there listening to the ball games on the radio when i'm really young with my dad always listen to the wildcat game and the high school ball games and uh, I was fortunate enough. My dad took me to a lot of high school ball games. We lived in the city at the time, so I went to a lot of city high games because my brother was about six years older than me, Mike. You know, Mike, and he, he oh, played yeah, a little bit. Oh, yeah, my former theater teacher. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> played a little bit city high, so I went there. You know, I went to a lot of those games, and a lot of the games at Holy Name. I only lived a couple of blocks from Holy Name at the time, so went to a lot of ball games there and then, you know, grew up in a neighborhood where we had a lot of kids in our neighborhood, the Tigs and the Jenkins and the Johns and the Popsons and – uh, just quite a few people in the neighborhood. Um, and, uh, you know, Johnny Tig was, was, uh, a big influence. I think, uh, he had a basketball goal in his yard, in his backyard and it was, uh, concreted. And back then that was a big deal. Backyard basketball. It's, it's right. still big in certain places, but it especially oh, yeah. was back in those days, back in those days. That's what we did. And, uh, you know, we uh, had a lot of kids there, my brothers, uh, and the Tigs. And the Hobson, they, most of them were all older than me, two or three years older than me, maybe more. And so grew up playing basketball around there. And and then, you know, and then, of course, elementary school at Holy Name, going back and playing there and stuff. So I uh, learned at an early age and real competitive uh, neighborhood. We did a lot of things. We played basketball, played football, baseball, uh, snowball fights, everything you can imagine we did as kids back in the 60s and 70s. So that's uh, oh, <laughs> was fun, a lot of fun memories and a lot of things that uh you know we wish a lot of kids would get back out and do now some um, so oh i'm telling but, you the the video games and playstation all that stuff that that a lot of kiddos dabble in now that that wasn't even fathomed back then was it <laughs> no no we did not we may have had i don't remember doing that till the middle 70s i think <laughs> when i was when i was a teenager so before that we was mainly just sports and, and mainly basketball but you know a lot of influences there in, in the neighborhood mr tig he, he was a mailman so he got off a lot earlier than my dad did. My dad worked about seven as a pharmacist, but Mr. Tig was a mailman and he got off sometimes early in the afternoons. And we'd always go down there and me and Jimmy and Mickey and my brother, David, and a few others, the hops and twins. And we would just play basketball and, and you know, do those kind of yeah. things and, and learn to just be competitive and didn't yeah. and want, you know, and playing against older kids always helped, I think, but always. <laughs> and then that's, guess that's where I, you know, dad and listening to the ball games and going to ball games at a very young age is where I learned to love basketball and, and even love to watch the coaches and the players and what they did and kind of oh, sure. started that real early on kind of in, in, analyzing what's going on and just, you know, really liking it. So, yeah, and then and of course, continued uh, on. back in those days, uh, you were talking about uh, listening to UK games and uh, back then it was the great Kaywood Ledford on the radio. Oh yeah, we listen to them. Listen to him a lot, and you know all the players, the former players they had. You know Pat Riley and all those in that group, and then, uh, Louis Dampier. You know just different players that you that you remember listening to, and as a very young age. So 
Absolutely. Yeah. And those, a, lot <laughs> a lot of those players went on to have solid uh, NBA careers too. And, yeah, uh, they did. And coaching careers in some cases. But uh, yep. before uh, before coaching up a countless Henderson County Lady Colonels on the court, sir, you were a colonel on the hardwood yourself. And of course, uh, before then, you you know you were well well trained in uh, competition and skills with the. Uh, with all of your uh, your neighborhood basketball action that you uh, partook in, but take us back uh, to your high school playing days and tell us about some of the the players and the coaches in your surroundings who uh, helped to make you even better. Well, I think you know I have to go back a little bit further than that to my junior high coaches and <laughs> mainly Louis Barron. You know, he passed away quite a while ago in a car accident, but he was a big influence on me and, and being competitive and hard working hard in practice and oh, uh-huh. seeing how he coached. So Louis was a big influence on me as, as he was a lot of people that you, you would talk to that went to, went through the Holy name junior high school, uh, whether it was in the classroom or on the, on the court, he, he took it pretty seriously and wanted to make you very competitive. And, and that's one thing I really learned from him. So uh, he had a lot of credit to get, get me started in, in, you know, in more of an organized basketball and taking it more seriously and then kind of carried on into high school, you know, in high school and high school, you know, had a lot of different, some coaches that that were influences there. And, um, you know, um, uh, you know, coach uh, Tom Cummings, again, he's passed away now. He was, um, he was my high school coach uh, and, you know, kind of was good coach. He let us do our own things a lot, which we kind of appreciated, but at the same time, um, he was one of those that took it serious, was competitive. And, you know, Johnny Duckworth was another coach you know, over there. He was a JB coach at the time and he and the assistant varsity coach. And uh, those two would run a pretty good practice and, you know, make us competitive in the practices and that carried on into the ball games. But, um, you know, those guys really helped us, uh, you know, get helped me get uh, going in, in basketball. Sure. And I guess um, probably at least a few of your, teammates were probably those that you'd uh, played with in your neighborhood before weren't they <laughs> well yeah a few of them were you know had chris moit we moved back we moved from the city to the county and uh chris moit was on the basketball team he's one of my neighbors uh, was one of my neighbors and uh you know then we played a lot you know with daryl willett was a little bit older than me but he was he was on the varsity when i was like a sophomore freshman so i remembered him from holy name and and Darrell was a you know great player, still a leading all-time scorer in Harrison County history. So, and went on to play college basketball. He was one of those uh, kind of an influence on me too, and as a someone looking up to an older player that that played hard and, and worked hard, and so you know kind of uh, enjoyed being around him. And then, you know, we had some other good players, a lot of good players. Glenn Green played with Glenn Green the last two years I played, two or three years I played up there. He was a year behind me, but. You know, he was a really great player, went on to Murray State and really played well at Murray State. I think he even had some pro offers, but uh, and I can name down, go down the list on quite a few of them that we played with. Tim Eggerson, some other players that played, Neil Hepler, and just you know, going down the line, David Lowry, yeah. and John Roberts, and just a lot of guys that, you, you know, you, you miss, you know, uh, once you graduate. And it's because you, you learn a lot of new things from them and you make some, make friends with them and your as your team and your teammates. So when your teammate was someone you, you know, you always remember that and you want to do well for them and you want them to do well for you. So those were some good, those were some good teammates I had and, you know, had a good, good time, good, good experience in in high school basketball. And so. Oh yeah. uh, And and, uh, names that names that a lot of people will, uh, 
Well, remember, I'm sure. Now you had that. You had 18 regional titles as a coach. Were you fortunate enough to win any as a player? No, I wasn't. And I think that's something that really motivated me to, because that that really uh, still upsets me to this day that we didn't get to go two years in a row. We were really close. My junior and senior year, really close to to getting over the hump and winning that region, and we didn't get it done. And that's something that just bothered me all the way through my career, and then even afterwards, it just bothered me. And so that's something that kind of. I guess kind of motivated me when I was coaching to, hey, this is, you know, we didn't get, I didn't get a chance to do this, go to the state tournament or as a player, and we like to get this done. So that's something that really kind of motivated me to, to, you know, try to work as hard as we can to try to get these girls to uh, win a regional title. Oh, sure. And at least you were able to, to experience it uh, as a coach. And I'll tell you, these days, it's, you know, it seems like more often than not, it's, uh, it's one of the Hopkinsville schools we're trying to get past, either UHA or Christian or, or um, Hoptown High, and I'm I'm guessing back in those days it was probably not much different. <laughs> no, it wasn't much different. You know, back in, in, in those days, we, we were more – it was more um, – at, at that time, it was more Christian than it was Hoptown, and I don't think they even had UHA, but uh, Christian kind of was just solid. I mean, they just had just, you know, really solid basketball teams back then. And Coach Lyle Dunbar, who was also inducted in the Kentucky High School Basketball Hall of Fame this past uh, month, he was oh, um, with he, he was a uh, Christian Kane's boys coach there at the time. So they, you know, they just hard to get by whenever they do it and something. And then we had, we had to contend with Freddie Cowan my junior year. So with Union County. So that was, that was a challenge also. But, oh yeah. I know. Uh, so, <laughs> there are you a know, lot of Cowans in Union County. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Freddie was there. So I did, did get the experience of seeing Joby Hall at a couple of our ball games when he was playing us. So, Oh, that was uh, neat. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, again, something, you know, you remember a lot of times as coaches and players, you, you remember a lot of the wins, but you sure do remember a few of those losses more. And for some, for oh, unfortunately, I, know, but, I can imagine. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> the but, losses tend to, yeah, to you do, and stick out more you do, so. You do, but you, you know, you've heard this before. You win, you learn from wins and losses. And, uh, sometimes those wins you learn from, and a lot of times you learn more from the losses and you learn them kind of motivate yourself from that oh exactly and those <laughs> those lessons are uh, are all quite valuable and you, you mentioned coach hall of course uh freddie cowan went on to play for coach hall at kentucky yep. and uh, yeah had quite a career there i remember uh sure did. a lot about his uh his playing days in the in the late 70s but uh, anyhow uh wh where did you further your education after high school coach well i went to um two years at Paducah uh, Junior College. We called it PCC back then, uh, Paducah Community College, and uh, they had a real nice uh, junior college program. Lawrence Smith-Meyer was the coach there at the time. Again, he's passed away the last few years, and but he was a, an influence. And for just those two years I was there, I learned a lot of basketball from him. I uh, learned a lot of structure and practice techniques and some weightlifting things and just a lot of stuff that he did when he pre-seasoned uh, conditioning. Those kind of things I learned a lot in those two years of college I was there at PCC and played there two years. And, um, you know, after that, I kind of had a couple opportunities to maybe go somewhere else. But uh, at the time we were, you know, I was uh, married at age 19 with my wife, Janice, still. And so uh, yeah, we that, decided that's... Let's, let's move the show. Let's, let's that's still working out, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, it's still working out. It's going to be 43 years next, next uh, awesome. uh, or was last, just a couple of weeks ago. So. <laughs> uh, you know, we both, she was going back to, she was already on our end, but she's going to go back to get her the rest of her degree. And I needed to uh, do the same. So we went to, actually went to University of Kentucky together 
okay. which was a good experience for us. We both were there, um, you know, got an apartment and went to went to classes and worked a little bit on part time. She worked at the hospital there some, and I worked with some uh, with student services and uh, handicapped student services there because my brother David was also at UK at the same time and. My sister, Mary Helen, was at UK at the same time. So we had a pretty good deal. Where so it was a family we affair. <laughs> family affair, yeah. We were all, we're all up there at the same time for the most part. And so that was a good experience for us. And, you know, we got those, got our degrees, got out of there and, you know, came back home. Awesome. So at least you were able to to play at the at the junior college level there at Paducah. Yeah, and, uh... <laughs> yeah it was good. And I was glad, you know, I'm glad I did that. Glad I chose to do that. And, uh, you know, it's it just um you know, again, just added some more experience. I thought that I could get playing and just watching for what they do and and uh, watching the coaches and that kind of thing. Because I knew early on, I was pretty much one to one was to um, coach basketball, and the other one was, you know, in, in my degree wise, I was, you know, wanting to uh, teach PE and, and do that kind of thing. So there you go. Yeah, and I guess uh, you know your degree obviously is in the realm of um, health education, right? PE and health education, so physical education and that's something uh, again I've always wanted to do. <laughs> Seen from a very young age, you know, even just in, in junior high and in, in high school, you know, BT Wayne and and some of those uh, pl- people that were taught PE in high school when I was going there, you know, I thought, hey, this is a pretty good deal here. Oh, yeah, and, want, <laughs> and BT Wayne did quite well for yeah. himself. He won a, yeah. uh, a yeah. state, state title in um, yeah. baseball in two thousand. So. Yeah, you so, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something you know. I learned early. That's you know, and I, you know, as as a coach, I'm thinking, you know, this is something I want to do in sport. You know, it's kind of the realm of physical things that you're doing, you know, athletically and you know, sports wise. So, uh, kind of, kind of got into that pretty, pretty good in high school. And I thought, well, if I'm going to coach, I think P is going to be my route. So, there you <laughs> that's go. what I decided to do. <laughs> Did you hold any head coaching or assistant coaching positions prior to? Uh becoming Henderson's head man? I did. I, it was a uh, job. Uh, uh, Mr. Moore, Clayborn Moore at the time, was a principal at Cairo Elementary School. And he called me. I was subbing at the time. When I first got first got back from college, I was subbing. I did, didn't have a job opening at the time. So I was doing a lot of subbing then. And then he called and said they had a, a fifth and sixth grade basketball boys job. They you needed somebody to, to take care of or do. And I, and I uh, signed up for that. So I coached one year of uh, fifth and sixth grade basketball at um, Cairo Elementary. Okay, so one year at Cairo, and after <laughs> <Yeah>. that, <laughs> one year at Cairo, right into right into the varsity coach and girls. So that was kind of a big jump there. That and, was you know, a big jump. <laughs> yeah, the story, you know the, the story that goes. Uh, you know, I was I'd been subbing in the junior high, especially over at North, because a couple of teachers there had gone home on maternity leave and stuff. So I took over a couple of classes over there for quite a long period of time, and. So they knew me in, in the junior highs as a substitute. And, and then, you know, I, I had a summer job. I was over at, actually, I was over at Ellis Park working the backside at, at security over at the backside with the horses at Ellis Park. And uh, I'll never forget, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was either Mr. Guest or Mr. Critton, or they might have been in the meeting together. But they both called me. And, uh, you know, so, I, you know, Jim Guest and Hired Critton took the chance uh, about of hiring me. They called and asked if I wanted to. Uh, something we get uh, coach Mott Singer stayed for one year, but he went up to coach with his dad at Southeastern Illinois. So that job, the girls' basketball job, came vacant, and uh, they asked me because uh, I I meant I uh, inquired about a couple of years before again, but they didn't have a teaching job at the time, so they didn't work out. And 
Make sure you're not stuck with them. <laughs> but you know, I, you know, I stayed, you know, I was subbing and still trying to get, you know, get in the doors and mainly get the teaching job first because you got to have a lip, make a living there. So there you go. Um, so you, so you follow Coach Montsinger. Yes, Coach Montsinger. So you know, again, they those two guys were took a chance on me, and I still appreciate that that to this day and uh, called me and 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 I, t- I accepted the position and. Um, been doing it ever since yeah 36 years you're about to enter season 37 and uh yeah. <laughs> still going strong so like we said you uh you assumed the role in 86 two years before Stephen and i were born I, Stephen was born in 88 <laughs> wasn't he uh 87 87 okay i figured if it wasn't 88 it was late in 87 but anyway yeah yeah we'll talk more about steven shortly but uh but anyhow you've you've been there ever since uh since 86 and prior to the start of the uh the jeff hale era the uh lady colonels had not won single district title to their credit but this changed in a hurry as you led the team to uh six straight district titles between 87 and uh and 92 so what do you think sparked this momentum coach and how are you able to uh you know turn the the program around in such a short time frame well you know what sparked it was i had some good players sam (laughs) (laughs) well that helps (laughs) (laughs) that helps a lot you know but you know no and and seriously um i had some good players of course and um, you know, Coach Mottsinger the year before, they'd gone, I think they were like 14 and six, which was, you know, pretty solid for them. Respectable, and, yeah. Respectable. And he has some good players. You know, and, you know, the, the one that sticks out more than any of them is J.C. Warren, who was, you know, probably to this day is one of the best players I've coached uh, in my whole career. And she went on to play at Louisville a little bit. But Oh, yeah, I've heard a lot about um, her. You know, with her, you know, her, she, I came when she was a junior. So I had her for two years. I knew was, you know, we could build around her and, and some other kids too. And, you know, had the first group I had was you know, Alice Shane, some other kids uh, that and that had some height, and and Paula Mangley. I just remember these kids just uh, stand out as my first, very first team. And you know, the second team was more J.C. Warren and Janet McKechnie and Shelly Duncan and some other kids like that that we had on the team. And uh, Lisa Hayden came along too, also around that time. So uh, again, a lot of good players, a lot of good players that that um, you know were hungry like I was. I think knowing that you know we hadn't done a whole lot district or region wise and let's try to get it done and i came in again like we talked earlier i came in with that motivation hey look you know we're a big school we should be doing better than this we, we're going you know my goal we're going to get we're going to win one of these regional championships that's something i've been wanting <laughs> since exactly, i was yeah. playing <laughs> i didn't I get to playing. experience <laughs> right and I, and I told him that story now i told my story i said it's not something you want to experience you want to experience you want to be on the other end of it so let's get to work and and they were all willing to get to work and 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 buy into what we were trying to do and so it worked out yeah yeah they were just as hungry as you are as you were it sounds yep. like and uh yeah and you were. mentioned uh you mentioned lisa hayden now my uh my cousin beth played ball at uh, miami of ohio and lisa hayden i think coached there for a little while didn't she yes she did she played there and coached there for a little while so uh, again another top score in, in the in the school Yes, <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> she did break a bunch of records. Oh yeah, which, and and some of them still hold up, I'm sure. Oh but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, you've led the uh, the Lady Colonels to 18 regional championships. Of course, each of them granting a ticket to uh, the state tournament. So you've you know you're one of the precious few coaches to uh, coach regional champion teams in the state tournament at three different. <laughs> 
venues that I know of. Uh, one of them, of course, Rupp Arena, and then, of course, uh, Diddle Arena down at Western's campus, and then Truist Arena, which is formerly BBT Arena at uh, right. at uh, Northern Kentucky. Uh, th- were there any other state tournament sites you coached at? There was two more. Sam. Okay, the first two more. One, the- the first one I coached at was in 1988 when, when J.C. Warren and, and that crew were playing was in Frankfurt, at Farnham Dungeon Arena in Frankfurt, Kentucky. Farnham Dungeon. I don't think I've, <laughs> yeah. that probably doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know if it's still there or not, but it was a nice, you know, it was a nice arena, you know, especially, you know, and girls weren't, weren't, um, uh, the crowds weren't quite as big as the boys. So it was a nice arena, actually. It wasn't too bad to play. And then one more was at EKU. We played at Eastern a couple of times. Okay, so that's McGregor so right now. I, I think believe. we played at Eastern once, maybe. We only, Eastern only played once. there once. Gotcha. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's when they kind of rotated around a little bit. Western had it quite a few years, and they tried to rotate a little bit. They went up to Northern Kentucky, like you said, the BBT, and then now I think the Case AA has decided that, you know, uh, we're, our, our, we're stationed in Lexington. Let's just have both boys and girls at Rupp Arena which was great for us. And we, you know, who doesn't want to play in Rupp Arena or coach in Rupp Arena? So that was I'm telling you, that's quite been a big a treat. Thrill. <laughs> that's been a big treat for, that's been a big treat for me and my coaches, uh, the fans, uh, and, and, and number one, the, the players. Absolutely. So, so uh, you know, the, the men's and women's may both be at, uh, at Rupp permanently from here on out. It sounds like, I, but, uh, I think it, I think it probably will be Sam. I think that's just more of a, I think in the long run, it probably saves the money because uh, before that, they had to take their whole show all the way to, to Bowling Green or, or Northern Kentucky. And, and KCAA was probably having to get, you know, the rooms, hotel rooms, staying there for four or five days. That can be expensive. It can. And, <laughs> and then just, and just having to move all their stuff to, from one place to another. And here they're more located centrally where their offices are in, in Lexington. So sure, uh, probably a good idea all the way around. And, and it benefits everybody all the way around, especially the players and coaches and fans that, that like uh, the idea of playing in Rupp Arena and, and viewing a ball game from there and coaching one. Of all those uh, state tournament venues that you coached in, Bowling Green, Frankfurt, uh, Eastern, Northern, and, and and Lexington, if you know, I know they all hold a special spot in your heart, but if you had to choose a favorite, which one do you think that would be, sir? Oh, well, uh, you get me in some trouble with some alumni here in a minute. But... <laughs> Don't hold it against him, no. folks. Whatever he I, well, says. <laughs> you know, I, I'll just say I'll, I'll put it this way: you know, Western's always going to hold a special uh, place. I think just because we played there a lot, and that's where it was. That's where it's been more than any place uh, uh, that it's, it's ever been. So uh, the, that was just. It was, Diddle's a great place to play. It's a great, great arena. The town's great. Uh, everything was, but um, but you know, when it comes right down to it, I think you know, still that status or the the atmosphere at Rupp is just a little bit, a little bit better and a little bit different. And, and again, uh, the, the kids are enjoying it, the, the chance oh, to play yeah. at Rupp Arena and, and being down in the hallways where you see all the, the UK stuff down in there and the trophies and the, just being around Rupp Arena is pretty neat for all the kids. Yeah. And look, looking up at, at 24,000 seats in their surroundings, that's gotta, that's gotta be a, you know, a, a big adrenaline rush for them. But uh, me being a Western alumni and uh, my parents were both uh, UK graduates. So I have yep. a special, you know, I, I have a split loyalty thing going on. I kind of do too. My, you know, brother and sister, my older brother and sister both graduated from Western, Mike and Kathy and then, I have a master's from there, so I, that ties to Western, and 
uh, again, uh, I've always enjoyed. We used to go to their team camps a lot. Paul Sanford was coaching the women's team there and went a lot of team camps at Western and uh, learned a lot there too as, as a young coach. Needless to say, the, uh, you know, playing and coaching at the uh, the regional tournament can, uh, can be quite a challenge, but when you get to the state tournament, the competition is stiffer, the, the stakes are higher, and nerves are, are a lot harder to control. So just out of curiosity, how, if at all, does your uh, game planning and uh, preparation process typically uh, differ in the Sweet 16 as compared to the, to the regional tournament? Well, you know, when usually when you win the region, then you, you'll have three or four days, depending on when the tournament is. Sometimes it's a week later because the boys and girls are different weeks. And fortunately for us, the girls have been first more than, than not. So that you don't have that whole week off or week and a half off where you're, you know, we win and you're coming down so much, but that you, and then you have almost too much time to prepare. So, you know, if you win the region, then you get three or four days, maybe five to, get prepared to go to Lexington at this, at this time it's Lexington. So, uh, you know, you, you come in and, uh, there is, there's distractions, you know, the media wants to, to, to come in more, a little bit more, but after you win the region or while you're trying to get ready for the state tournament. So you have to really structure your practice and your meeting times with those people and try to make sure that, that the girls are getting the most out of the practice. We're staying close to normal, what we're doing in practice, preparing for the next team. Uh, you know, we're getting the film on the team. We're making sure we're, we know our opponent. Uh, upside and down and uh, then just you know go about our usual practice you try to anyway and even though you know in the back of my mind I know hey these kids are so excited they, they're not half less than they're there whatever but they just want to uh, play <laughs> right so you try to keep it at, at that point you played 30 something games so there's you're both you're basically routine in what you're doing the girls are, are trained to, to to do everything that we were doing in practice all year long so it comes natural to them it comes natural to the coaches on what we want to try to do. Uh, the only difference is, again, is the planning uh, of, of where we're staying and, and the, the practice when we're playing, all, all those kind of things. Uh, is the planning part is something you have to take care of as a coach. And then uh, then you just go up there and let the players do what we've been doing. And, um, uh, yeah. and hopefully, it's, hopefully it's good enough. And hopefully, hopefully we're prepared to, uh, for our next opponent. That dance with the dog that brung you, I guess is what they say. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't want you want to try to keep it as much routine as you can, and not, you know, keep it keep it normal as 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 much as you can as what we've been doing all year long, and uh, <laughs> knowing that that's not going to be 100% the case when you're dealing with teenagers. But, uh, you know, again, I know that in the back of my head, so we we know how to handle that, and luckily we've had a lot of experience with it, where we can, you know, we we know what to do once we get to that point. Uh, yeah, the reason. We, we, we've got <laughs> enough experience to know, okay, don't do that. <laughs> you better, you need to do this. You need to be prepared. You got to have this meeting. You got to make sure you're getting this done. So yeah, you no know what not to do. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, just so there's no distractions the last couple of days of practice and no distractions once you get up there. Hey, let's just, let's get in here, get what we need to get done, uh, get to the hotel, you know, make sure we're eating well and get to the ball game and plenty of time to get prepared for the game. Sure. Come out, warm up, and warm up, and get out there and play as hard as you can. Yeah, I know the uh, one of the toughest things about um, the Sweet Sixteen is you're, you know, if, <laughs> if you're in that title game, you're you're playing four games and three days twice on Saturday. So yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, I know they, ex they they experimented with moving the the championship yeah. game to Sunday, but <laughs> yeah, they did a few years, and then I think they, they've gone. They've changed that. They're going to go back to the Saturdays, and they've kind of changed the times a little bit to help the teams recover better. But, but that's a that's a tough one there. When we've got to the final four, like you said, five times when when we got there, and we just 
have not. So, which is still something that <laughs> kind of bothers me, like about like not winning the region in a high school as a player, but you know, we couldn't get over the hump and get into the championship game. <laughs> well, uh, we've, had, <laughs> we've had two or three chances where I thought we were maybe a little bit more than better than the other chances when we were in it, but we had two or three real good chances, I thought, and just, you know, just did get it done. But well, uh, those, those final fours are, are nothing to sneeze at. And I, I'm sure, no. that, you know, between games at the state tournament, your, your practices are probably pretty minimal, right? Cause you don't want to wear the kids out. <laughs> no, you basically just, you know, if you win that first game, you, you can figure out who you're going to play the next game. You figure that out pretty quick. It happens right. It's already happened or it's going to happen right after you. So, you know who you're going to play. You get, you get ready and you watch the film. With all these teams we know anyway. We've seen before. We've got film on them any, anymore. You get film on anybody anytime you want. So you sure. get that done. And, and, and like you said, we, we in those kind of practices, you find a place to practice. That's yeah, I'm guessing they, you, you know, one of the schools in the area probably opens yeah. up the gym and stuff. Or <laughs> yeah, they have to you get the schools around the area, or you have some facilities that are the sports facilities that let you come in and work out. So, you know, that's what these iron, iron 10 minutes at the most of, 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 what we're, of what we're doing in there and shoot, get some shots up and get them loose, get them back out of the, get them up on their feet and, and yeah. go over the game, go over the game plan and we're ready to go. Get some juices flowing, then, uh, then have at it. Now, uh, yeah. One of your biggest thrills, I know, as a as a father, has been watching uh, your son uh, Stephen evolve from a former uh, Henderson County Colonel to uh, an assistant on your staff to uh, his current role as head coach of the neighboring Davis County Lady Panthers. So, uh, describe what it's been like to to see uh, Stephen work his way up the the coaching ladder. What do you think are some of the the most admirable skills? he's developed uh, while doing so well you know he's he's um done a great job with me like you said he was nine years with me i think it was nine or maybe ten with you with me and figured it's somewhere around there yeah yeah so um you know we're i'm just proud that you know he's he's he worked with me for for nine months for nine uh, years or so and did a great job uh a lot he took care of a lot of offensive things that we wanted to do and and ran some practices and you know and uh, has knowledge of the of the game, of course, through through playing it and being around being around coaches and being around me for a long, long time. So uh, sure. he kind of knew what to expect, but uh, did a great job assistant. You know, really, when he decided to leave, we really really missed him for sure. But uh, that's something he decided to do and try to get some. You know, he's assistant, but he wanted to try to get some head coaching experience, and and he saw that opportunity, so he took it and and uh, you know did a good job over the first year. I think they're happy they have him over there and. The, from what I've heard, oh, no and, doubt. you know, he's, he went over there and started winning and that always helps and had the winning record last year. <laughs> it's always a positive. Uh, that's always a positive. Yeah, uh, I don't care what I said. <laughs> winning cures a lot of things. It does. Uh, solves a lot of problems. Solves a lot of problems. So, but he's done a great job over there with them. And I, th- I know he's looking forward to this coming year. He's got some good talent. He's got some talent coming there, some young kids and some, he's got some experience coming back. So, uh, you know, look for them to be one of the top teams over there, I think this year. Oh no doubt, and this is his uh, this is his second year over there. In fact, I remember um, the two of you played against each other last yeah. year, didn't you? Yeah, that'll be his second year over there. And yes, yeah, we played each other over at his place last year, and he's going to come over here this year. But uh, that is uh, that's quite an experience, Sam. I that's can imagine it's good and bad. You know, you, it's kind of uh, double edged sword there because you're not you know you want 
I, I'm, we're going to try to win, of course. But then you're beating your son. So, and, but I think yeah, he I wants mean, to beat. I think he wants to beat me more than I want to beat him. So, <laughs> you know, you're, you're you wish nothing but the best for your son. But when you're out there coaching players, you you yeah. gotta you gotta try to help them across the finish line. But then, well, he knows he knows how competitive I am, and I think I've rubbed off on him and Ryan too. It's been you know, very competitive in, in anything they try to do and trying to do a good job. That's, that's the main thing I've tried to uh, encourage them to do. Just take your job seriously, get over and, you know, do a good job, work hard at it. And you know, <laughs> good things will probably happen. So, you know, I can't uh, talk about one without the other, you know, that we got two kids, you know, Ryan, Ryan's been coaching at Webster County for quite a few years. He was assistant coach under John Newton. Oh, sure. He's, he's the head coach at Webster County boys now and been there head coach of the boys for four or five years now. I lose track of time, I think so, but he's doing a good job with them and, uh, you know, both both in the coaching and teaching PE, so I they wanted to follow my footsteps. And whether that's good or bad, I don't know. But oh, it's it's good. <laughs> no, it's but, in all in all in all seriousness, no, it's good. I'm proud of them that they're doing it. And, you know, uh, you know, they know what they knew what was what was coming. You know, especially with teaching and coaching, and you know, not you don't get paid a whole bunch, but you but it's yeah, rewarding. Absolutely. It's so. rewarding to work. With these, it's rewarding to work with kids, and you're you can. There's competition. There's a lot of great things that come with sports, as you know. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And uh, so you're, you, you're coaching against Steven, but uh, men's head coach, Tyler Smith Hart of the Henderson County Colonels is, is coaching against Ryan. So Right. That's right. That's <laughs> hard to watch too. I'm telling you, I can imagine. I know you, you, you really want to pull for, for both of them and you, and you are yeah. pulling for both of them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but anyway, and I know regardless of what the, the outcome is in those Henderson Davis women's games, I know that uh, you and Steven share a, a nice handshake. And Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that was, and it was, again, that's for him and me, it's first, of course, obviously, it's the first time that's ever I've ever had to do something like that. So it was it was kind of maybe the next round won't be as bad. But that was we both were kind of on edge yeah, that, a little bit there last year. <laughs> maybe it'll be a little easier since you've done it yeah. once. But I got him at home this time, so yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's a Colonel Gym this year, so yeah. that helps. It'll be a challenge. They're, like I said, they're going they're going to be a good basketball team this year. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. So it, it should be a, a a good game. But uh, anyway, of course, just um, a few weeks ago on um, August the 13th, I believe, you were officially right. inducted in the uh, Kentucky High School <laughs> Basketball Hall of Fame and uh, well-deserved indeed. Now, how did you first how did you first learn of this? When did you first find out that you were going to be inducted? Well, uh, actually, I got a phone call from uh, Curtis Turley. Uh, he's, he was a coach, head coach at the Henderson County for eight years. And uh, he's on the committee and involved in the KCAA, I mean, the Kentucky High School Basketball Hall of Fame uh, committees. And he does a lot of things up there. But anyway, he called and called me on the phone and, um, and uh, told me, he said, look, um, you know, uh, you, you're going to be inducted in the Kentucky High School Basketball Hall of Fame basketball hall of fame so i was like wow i mean i just didn't didn't really expect it or anything like that and um he told me uh so and he just said but just be waiting you'll you'll get the permanent uh notification uh in the mail and they'll send you some stuff that you need to do and send back to them and that kind of thing on the board out there on the committee and so uh it wasn't a, i don't know it was about a month later i did get the, the letter 
from the Kentucky High School Basketball Hall of Fame saying I was going to be inducted on August 13th and what I needed to do and where to be and all that. So, but uh, that's where I first learned about it. He told me, he, he, he had told me, and then I, I got the information from the people there. And you got the official letter, but uh, oh, yeah. But anyway, and you, uh, is there a committee that, that votes these? Well, I think I think the process is that someone will someone will someone or or organization or some people will nominate these nominate you, and then the committee will have meeting, I guess, or whatever, and then vote whether the the nomination is going to go through as as whether you're going to be inducted or not. So, and I'm pretty so. sure that I'm pretty sure uh, I'm pretty sure Coach Turley might have been the one that um, uh, nominated me. Well, I bet you're probably right, so, even though <laughs> even he though he wouldn't come right out and admit it. No, he called me. Well, he I, I finally got to the bottom of it. He told me he did. So, oh, <laughs> so he eventually like, well, told you. You know, when you get something like that, you want to thank whoever did it. You know, like okay, who did this? I mean, I want to thank him. Yeah. <laughs> so, so finally, yeah. I, I think that's the third time I called him because I called him back a couple times after he told me about. It. Hey, what's the deal? Because he's been through it, and I just want to make sure I was doing the right thing. Uh, what to do, what to wear, where to be, and all that. So. And stuff, stuff I had to turn into him, some pictures and some information I had to turn into him. So he was a good person to get information from. And then finally, I just said, hey, who, by, by the way, so I know who to contact, who, who nominated me. So I did, Coach. I had a feeling you might have, but I didn't know for sure. You know? <laughs> he was like, well, if you must know, it was me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great, though, that the, that he nominated you. So uh, yeah. <laughs> tell us a little bit about the ceremony. It was in the E-Town, correct? Yes, E-Town is the site of the Kentucky High School Basketball Hall of Fame. It's really a neat place. You all go visit it. It's right downtown E-Town. Easy to get to, and um, it's really a neat place. Uh, you'll see a lot of things in there, a lot of people's names and some pictures and the history of basketball, history of girls' basketball, history of boys' high school basketball. And so it's pretty cool. And, yeah, that's uh, on my yeah, bucket list. <laughs> yeah, the ceremony was right across the street. They got a theater right across the street that they do these kind of things in. And so that's where the actual ceremony was, was a theater across from the Kentucky High School Basketball Hall of Fame. And, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> did, you, did you spend the night or two there in E-Town? Uh, we spent, yes, we spent uh, two nights there in E-Town. Uh, went up Friday because we had something early Saturday morning. You had to go to lunch and then a little thing Saturday morning. So Okay, I was going to say, at least they fed you. So, yeah, it was a two-day. Yeah, it was kind of a two-day deal. So, so or, or, or one full day, I should say. Saturday morning, you needed to be there early so we decided to go on up the night before so we stayed friday and then again saturday night after the ceremony was over about nine o'clock we went ahead and stayed up there so it was a good good two days a great experience uh some, obviously you know something i'll never forget the rest of my life and uh, just great honor very oh, humble to be very humble to be uh, inducted in the kentucky high school basketball hall of fame i can tell you that <laughs> me, me being such a big foodie i have to know what did they have at the luncheon was it steak baked potatoes? Uh, i got bad news on that sam uh, <laughs> coach, I never forget uh, Coach Randy Embry. You know he was inducted. A longtime coach at Orangeburg Senior played at University of Kentucky. And he was he's a, he's a hoot. And he's like, we were getting on the elevator. He said, "Well, I'll tell you one thing. We're not going to gain a bunch of weight up here, are we?" I said, "No, sir." Because <laughs> <laughs> we had for the the luncheon was uh, and you know I don't want to make I appreciate well, it. It was did, an honorable but, day. I know. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. The luncheon was we had we had a sandwich. So <laughs> there you go. You had sandwiches. <laughs> they probably wanted they didn't want us to eat too much and, and be sleepy i don't guess like yeah that's that's it that's it they didn't want any of yeah. you taking a nap <laughs> yeah so they, they fed us light for lunch and well it was, it was a nice lunch don't get me wrong it was, it was a light it was a light lunch and and then we um 
you know, we talked and I got to meet all the people that being inducted at the luncheon. So not just, you didn't just show up the thing and didn't know who you were talking to. So we got to meet everybody that was there. Got to meet James Lee, who played on the 1978 Kentucky High School, I mean, the uh, UK oh, yeah. National Championship Yeah, went to Kentucky with him, yes. Yeah, yeah, James Lee, was. he went to Henry Clay, so he was inducted for his for what he did at Henry Clay High School. Um, you know, a lot, Randy Embry, like I said, Glau Dunbar, and there was quite a few other players there. One played, guy that played for Michigan State that went to PRP, and, uh, you know, a lot of guys that I've, I remembered, I just hadn't seen them in a long time, or I'd never met them, Damien Fishback, just a lot of players that were inducted that were, so you were you were in people, good company. People I enjoyed, yeah, I enjoyed, yeah, great company. I enjoyed talking to all of them. We cut up and talked and talked a lot of stories. I heard a lot of stories, so it's pretty cool. Absolutely, you made some <laughs> some, made some good friends. connections there. Yep, yes, so so it was a a good weekend for sure. Now, um, gosh, Henderson County, the the women's program is is quite fortunate to to have you at the helm. But I must say, a, a lot of coaches, a high percentage of them, probably would have called it a career long before season 37 which is what you're about to enter so tell us what makes this job uh, so rewarding for you still and, and how long do you possibly see yourself sticking with it well you know I, I can't you know first thing I want to say Sam for answer that question is you know I have to thank all thank all the players sure the past administration you know that that, that like I said Jim Guest and Harry Fritton hired me in the first place you know, all the principals, because I've gone through a few, all the ADs since I've been there that have been supportive of me. And But the most number, the number one, the main people I need to thank are the, you know, the players. I mean, if you didn't, like I said at the very beginning, you know, you don't have good players, uh, you're going to struggle some. I don't care what kind of coach you are. You can work on all that, but you do have to have the talent. And I've been blessed to have a lot of talent and the kids that are bought into what we're trying to, to do. You know, it's we, we demand a lot. We, we make them work hard. We, we, we want them to stand good in the classroom. Right. Uh, we encourage discipline on the floor and off the floor and all these kids I've had in the last 36 years have bought into that. And, uh, you know, and they're one of the reasons why I'm in the hall of fame along with my assistant coaches, you know, Danny Perkins, I've <clears throat> been with me for 27 or longer. He, he can tell you he's, he's a numbers guy. He's been, he's been with me a long time, as you know, Sam. So oh, sure. uh, he's done a great job, but, um, you know, the, and then of course having Steven coaching uh, a quarter of the time I've been here nine or 10 years, um, was a great experience just to be able to have your son on the staff. And, that was uh, special for sure. That, that that was special. But the number one person that's probably the most helpful for me has been Coach Phil Gibson. And even before I he started coaching with me, he was our boys coach for 12 years, as you know, and went to two Final Fours with him, which hadn't been done in a long time. Oh, you know, no. Coach Turley Coach Turley went one year, and then Phil came back the next year and won two, actually, two regional championships. So, um, and then, you know, he joined my staff at, at, and he was at Webster for 17 years coaching the girls there. So when I first started coaching, he kind of introduced me to team camps and introduced me to, to girls basketball in general, cause I was very new and he, he, he had some experience coaching girls. So he really helped me throughout my whole career. And then to have him on my staff for 15 years with all his experience, um, you know, he's the number one guy that I got to thank as, as far as me getting inducted to the hall of fame, because yeah, he's always you know, we, been a great resource. He's been a great resource and a great assistant coach with him. I mean, you know, we just we were good friends on top of that and just uh, having that experience with 15 years, both of us on the bench and all those, all those regional championships came in those 15 years too when I had when, with him and Steven and, and, and others and Coach Perkins. So, you know, those guys, those coaches and uh, some other assistant coaches I've had and then my players are the reason why I'm in this Hall of Fame. So a lot of credit goes to them. And, and then, you know, like you said, just sticking it out, man. I'm, you know, 37 years getting ready to start and, 
you know, I enjoy coaching basketball in general. I enjoy coaching girls basketball. I'm not sure if I would, but I, I got to doing it, and I do. I do, and a lot more strategy involved sometimes with girls because, you know, you don't you, know, the, you don't have the sometimes the uh, the speed or the, the other things that go along with in the men's game. Sometimes it's just a little slower, but and you have to kind of game plan a little bit differently, but. Yeah, um, you have to sort of know, strategize accordingly. <laughs> a little bit more, yeah, and it depends on your depends on your personnel. But, but anyway, um, yeah, it's been a great experience for me throughout these years, and sure. you know, I'm just taking a year at a time right now, and and with grandkids and, and my dad, like I said, getting older, and just taking a year at a time and see how it goes. And uh, absolutely, it, 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 after each year, I kind of evaluate what I want to do, and we go from there. Nope. You know, so just sort of, <laughs> sort of go with you, go with your gut, and <laughs> go, that's what I've done for a long time. Just kind of go with my gut and 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 make a decision. Yeah, uh, it'll be a family. It'll be a family decision, and we'll make that at the end of the season. It's, sure, you know, that's what we do every. That's what we've that, done for the past. I don't know how many seasons. It's just been okay. What we want to do? Yeah, yeah. That gut has served you well for a number of years. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, yeah. This has been great. I know. I know we've all enjoyed it, Coach. Now, last but not least, before we let you go, what would you say to uh, our youngsters who have maybe formed a, a strong interest in basketball and hope to maybe excel as future players and or coaches at some point? Well, just to stick with it, you have to stick with it, you, and you can't get discouraged. You know, it's a, it's a big, it's a process. A lot of times, it's of you know some failures, some 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 wins, some losses. Uh, you you don't sometimes you struggle, sometimes you're tired, sometimes you get frustrated. But if you just keep working at it and you know keep dedicating yourself, and you have to put the work in, that's the number one thing. And if you do that, you'll be fine. And that's that's what we, sometimes we get. Uh, in in the spot where some of these kids just they want something they don't really want to work as hard as they need to to get it done and then they're discouraged when they it doesn't happen but if, believe me if you put in the hard work and you pay attention and and uh, and you're coachable and you do what you're asked uh, good things are going to happen for you yeah that that'll that'll produce results soon enough so definitely well said well uh coach I guess we're sort of in the uh, the calm before the storm right now as practice is about to start. Well, yeah, Sam, you know, we've already started. We've gone a couple of days a week uh, just doing some conditioning and some some uh, stretching and some weightlifting that we normally do uh, until uh, October 15th. So we'll continue to do that. We'll pick up three days a week after Labor Day and we'll do some running and some lifting and, and do some drill work and some skill work too. So uh, just go. like we've done every year. And then usually about by the time October 15th rolls around, we have the tryouts. And then, you know, there's five days a week and we're – and now we're getting ready to, you know, we're getting into our offenses and our defenses and make sure we've got all the bases covered before we start our first ball game. So late October is when uh, <laughs> when it really gets down to the, the nitty-gritty. Oh, yeah. And I know that first game is uh, usually right after Thanksgiving. So Yes, right after Thanksgiving. We'll have a couple of scrimmage games before that. So we have one scrimmage game like on the 13th of November. So you know, after fifth, you know, <laughs> two or three weeks, we're ready to play somebody. So which is a, kind of a good thing because we're – playing each other every day gets kind of old so yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I try to get you. scrimmage game yeah, I try to get two scrimmage games one early and one kind of towards the first game of the season so right. we've done that for the last probably 30 years and so that works out for us and yeah, so um, you're, you know, it's good to play somebody else after after oh, yeah. going head to head with your own teammates after, for after a month or two of that it's good to do that and, and you just see what you know okay what are we 
you know, what have we been doing? <laughs> are we are we going to be, you know, ready for our first ball game or not? So it's a good good uh, measuring stick. Yeah, it's a good play, a good way to see where you stand at that point. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Well, uh, well, coach, thanks so much for joining us. We've sure had fun. Hope you've had a good time. <laughs> Had a great time, Sam. I appreciate it. And again, I always remember our, our times at, uh, at at the ninth grade health class. There, that's that was enjoyable too. Health was and, fun, uh, and yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Stephen and I had some fun times at the IBT daycare too. When yeah, that's right. I I remember. I remember picking them up and seeing you there. I remember that too. So, but anyway, it's been enjoyable. I, I I surely appreciate you having me on. Uh, again, it's been it's a big honor for me to be in the Hall of Fame. It's a it's a big honor for me to be able to coach uh, high school basketball in the state of Kentucky. So just yeah, a great, so. great, great time to be a, a coach. So we're just Absolutely. happy. Is- we're happy to be able to do it and, and just hope we have a good season. Well, best of luck to you. And uh, tell Stephen hello for me. I uh, sure will, Sam. I'll tell him. Jeff Hale is the man. He has definitely deserved all the accolades that uh, he's gotten so far and deserves all of them that are to come because no doubt there will be more on the horizon. So congratulations on a a great career thus far and more to come for Jeff Hale. And I sure appreciate him visiting with me this week on Blabbing in the Bluegrass. What an honor it was to chat with him indeed. Now, as great as Jeff Hale is, and he's going to be hard to top, but I know I know that there are other high school coaches in the Commonwealth that have done great things and uh, made a profound impact on the lives of many current and former players that deserve recognition. So if you'd like to let me know about one of those, or hopefully more of those, I would love to spotlight them on my show in the weeks and months to come. So let me know via email. It's bluegrassblabbing at gmail.com, B-L-U-E-G-R-A-S-S-B-L-A-B-B-I-N, at gmail.com. You can also use that very same address to let me know about other topics and people that you'd like to hear about, whether they be uh, restaurants, state parks, musicians, educators. I've done all of these people and plan on doing plenty more of these types of people as long as they are... Connected to Kentucky, I am more than proud to consider them for future features. So let me know. Don't be shy about sending me that email. Also, don't be shy about reaching out to me via that Blabbing in the Bluegrass Facebook page where all of my previous shows are there. So please like and follow the page. You can uh, see all of them and revisit those that you might have missed Uh, I also present teasers on future shows about once a week or so so that you can stay up to speed with my future plans. And of course, you can make comments and leave messages. I plan on being back right after Labor Day. That would be September the 7th. So hard to believe next week. I, I know I say that a lot because this year, 2022, is just zipping right by. But uh, September 7th, Next Wednesday, we plan on coming right back at you, so make sure you're here or this show won't be complete. You can bet your bottom dollar on that. But before we bid you adieu for this week, let's reveal the answer of this week's Bluegrass Brain Buster. 
We brought this to you in the opening segment. Well, not quite the opening segment. The uh, <laughs> the first non-intro segment, shall we say. So uh, let's recap. I wanted to know, what is Kentucky's official state animal? Yes, I know that the horse industry seemingly reigns supreme in this great state, but the official state animal is actually the Eastern Gray Squirrel. Yes, the Eastern Gray Squirrel is Kentucky's official state animal, and uh, the Gray Squirrel is well known for its ability to plan ahead, and uh, as proof of that, during the uh, cool months in the spring and the fall, you can find those gray squirrels uh, gathering their food like nuts and seeds so that they have plenty for the winter when, uh, you know, supply is <laughs> obviously sparse. They won't be able to uh, acquire any more during those months. So they make up for it in the uh, cool, comfortable months of the autumn and the spring. So the eastern gray squirrel is Kentucky's official state animal. We'll try to have another bluegrass brain buster for you next week and in the meantime make sure that you listen and subscribe to the show without paying a dang thing via apple google podcasts spotify and verbal more to come but so far those are the podcast directories on which you can follow blabbing in the bluegrass apple google podcasts spotify and verbal, they are all free, they are all easy to use, and anxiously awaiting your presence. So, until we get together once again, have a great Labor Day while you're laughing, smiling, and blabbing in the bluegrass. Cause we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide, cause we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste.